Welcome back to the Darting Through the Faith podcast, now juiced by the Holy Spirit. So, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We're talking about the Holy Spirit today, so I just you know yeah. thought that's the power source, oh, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. The I dose like it. of the ghost. I like it. That's right. Good. What else yeah. you know? Uh, that you're Julia Monin. Oh, yeah. I'm Father Sean Wilson, right. and that's how I normally start. That but, is right. I um, already forgot. I was just so excited about being juiced by the Holy Spirit. That's right. Being juiced. <laughs> I forgot it was important that we say what our names are. <laughs> yeah, fine. That's something else we're talking about today, though. Names, names of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, how about that? That's important, too. Mm-hmm. Wow, good stuff. Symbols. Symbols. Names. Names. Actions. We're not actually going to jump right titles. into the episode, are we? That would be really unlike us. That would, but we're juiced. <laughs> I mean, I'm game with whatever. Yeah. We'll roll with whatever. Did you have some some opening thoughts you wanted to share? I just think you should tell the good people about the exciting thing that happened in the Archdiocese this past weekend. Oh, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. Uh-huh. So um, down at the cathedral last Saturday, which would have been the 13th of mm-hmm. January, there was the consecration of Ashley Roberts as a virgin living in the world. Mm-hmm. So pray for Ashley. It was a beautiful day, just mm-hmm. absolutely spectacular. I mean, it was like outside it was cold and oh, was windy and all that, frigid. <laughs> But uh, inside uh, was just absolutely spectacular. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like a wedding. She's mm-hmm. marrying Jesus. She's in her wedding dress, mm-hmm. um, promising to live this life of chastity in the world. Mm-hmm. And the consecrate con- prayer of consecration of the archbishop was just like, mm-hmm. yeah. That Hosea reading starts, and you're just <laughs> no. like, whoa! No, all week I've been thinking whoa. about that. Yeah. And then yeah. the the psalm, I was like, yeah. oh. It was beautiful. Is, yeah. Beautiful liturgy. Yeah. And and what a gift for all of us, Holy Mother Church. You know, right. like her, like every vocation is a gift to all of us mm-hmm. to see her vocation, see the beauty of that. And I thought the Archbishop's homily was really great too, in that it was catechetical, taught yeah. us all about the beauty of this vocation, but the beauty of the marriage vocation, how right. they're similar, how they're different. I thought it was really good. Yeah, how her vocation prepares all of us for heaven. Yes, right, because you know they say priests, we are in personae. Christi, mm-hmm. right? So we're in the person of Christ when we're ministering. Mm-hmm. She's in persona ecclesia. So she's in the person of the church. So mm-hmm. in her very life, images the church and the church's love for Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we talk about the church being the bride of Christ, right? And so, <laughs> so she beautiful. images is that. Yeah. yeah, it was it was just remarkable. So oh, in some God. ways it's like, you know, an analogy would be like becoming a nun, but without a convent, without a community, right? Living in the world. is, is So she lives among us as this sign mm-hmm. of Christ's love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. Yeah. And she has the most beautiful singing voice. Oh <laughs> Sounds like a little bit like Buddy the Elf there. I know that. But there was a few parts where she would chant the response. Yeah. And yeah. I think I'm in heaven. Yeah, it was. I'm not sure when I got here, but <laughs> the <laughs> bridegroom happened. is calling, and the bride is yes. answering. She's responding. Ah, it, it was so beautiful. It, yeah. it was awesome. Yeah, my husband yeah. took me, which was great. It was good yeah. for him to be there. It was really great. Yeah, a little guy was with us. It was so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your husband texted and said, uh, mm-hmm. what did he say? He said, you know, ordination is awesome, <laughs> but that was just one of the yeah. most beautiful things ever. It was, was striking. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then mm-hmm. he told me. Congratulations, Father. You were the second tallest priest there. I thought, wow, that is touching too. To which I tried to say that wasn't correct when we got up here today, and you said, no way. It is correct. It is correct. She tried to say I was the third. Preposterous. I thought the good Father Sean beat you. Yeah, the good Father Sean's not me, by the way. It's not my (laughs) alternate persona. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the good Father Sean knows who he is. He does. It's not you. I I can't imagine he listens. He's that good. He's that good. <laughs> not to say all of our listeners right, are bad, right? Right. But no, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. But it was really beautiful. And what a gift. It was. They live streamed it on the 
Cathedral Basilica's like YouTube channel. Oh, I don't know if you can still go back and watch it, sweet. but perhaps if you're really yeah. looking to watch it or listen to the homily or yeah. see the beauty of it, or see that I am the second tallest priest that was or there. Or see if because you, you were right next to the Father Sean, mm-hmm. right at the altar, so you could clearly tell. But I, that's when I thought, no, Father Landon, which has you beat? Because mm. I thought you were right next to each other. I thought it was clear as day. Mm. But anyway, yeah, I digress. You say. You say he's taller, or no? I don't say that. I I I, I rebuke that. You I rebuke he's taller, it. So, so I believe uh, you. Okay. Heresy. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to offend. Fighting you. words. Right. 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 So beautiful. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. God is so good. He is so beautiful. Yeah. And he calls us to so many different varied vocations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. the garden. The garden mm-hmm. has its different varieties of flowers, mm-hmm. right? We're not all called to be the married flower. Mm-hmm. The Lord has vocations for each of us. Mm-hmm. And when we find it, mm-hmm. the garden of the church becomes more alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like having a conversation with somebody after it, and the, the comment was, you know, like, I, I wish that I could offer that to the Lord, you know? Mm. But, you know, that isn't what he called me to, and you know, mistakes yeah. of their past and everything else. But I said, you know, I, I agree. You do watch something like that and like regret every life decision you've ever made. But I said, in a real way, those of us that aren't called to that vocation get to really radiate and be an example and a witness to Christ's mercy, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a beautiful attribute of our right. Lord and Savior as well. Right. So we shouldn't run from that reality and we're all called to We shouldn't, yeah. Different vocations. Yeah. So. Anyway. Mary Magdalene wasn't called to yes, that vocation, right. but yet she clung to the Lord with all her strength. Right. And, right. you know, we always go to things that were, it's not for us, mm-hmm. right? You know, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean it, it, it doesn't mean anything for us, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Those who are uh, virgins celibate mm-hmm. go to weddings and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful day mm-hmm. for the, for everybody there, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Truth. It is, it's just wonderful. Truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So good. Okay. Yep. So anyway, I did want to talk about that because it was so good. Like, can we, Great. We have to talk about that. Yeah. I don't I have mean, anything else if, important to talk about. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if we if we really got into it, we could just pull out the right and just start reading through it because it was yeah it, it was, was so bomb diggity. It's like that's a that's how I was thinking like how many times we get to see that in our life right like mm-hmm. a lot for a lot of people like ordinations once in a lifetime. I don't know for even more of us that is once in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really is. There's so few in the world. Re- mm-hmm. Do you know how many? Say like 300 in the United yeah. States. Okay, in the United States. Yep. Okay. Which Two is- in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. It's just yep. crazy to think yeah. about how rare that vocation is. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a radical vocation. You got that right. I, I mean, all the more beautiful. Anyway, so yes, please pray for Ashley. Because, yeah. you know, with a radical, radical vocation, I'm sure will come with radical crosses. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, but anyway, she'll have the grace to carry him too. You got that right. So, yeah. Anyway, beautiful. I kept my program because who doesn't want to re-look at the liturgy and everything that was prayed sure. and sung in there because it was so beautiful. Anyway, good, good stuff. Okay. I actually have two programs in case anybody <laughs> but needs one. That's an extra one. <laughs> Even the cover picture was great, was you so know? good. Everything Holding out it. her finger and yeah. Christ putting a ring on it. Yeah. Oh, buddy. So good. Yeah. So good. So good. Now, I, I know you had your, you couldn't see because Ashley's back was, but I was curious if the archbishop was going to tr- try to slide the ring on mm. her finger. Um, yeah, he did not. Mm-hmm. He did not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
which isn't surprising. Yeah. You know, it's just kind she of like She put a, it on herself. I yeah, see. he handed mm-hmm. it to her and she put it on mm-hmm. herself. Mm-hmm. Just like he didn't put the veil on her too. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, her I didn't see that. Who did. put oh, the attendants? Okay. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense too. Yeah, there was like what bobby pins or clips or something like sure. that to clip in the hair. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been a little. Right. Uh, let's just say not, not in the archbishop's wheelhouse. <laughs> right. Nor mine. Right. So. Well, I'm proud of you for knowing the word bobby pin. It, well, uh, thank you. You're welcome. I guess. I, I, yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Proud of you. It's accurate. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. They're good for picking locks. You know, that's oh, how I know when I've right. done a little B&E in my past. Yep. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's right. breaking and entering I in gotcha. case anybody doesn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's good for the beard. Where, where you pin it. Sorry. Sorry. Right. There's so many eye rolls going on in this room right now that the people can probably hear them in the mic. Ah, they're probably <laughs> rolling their eyes too. So, so. <clears throat> anyway, shall we begin? Pray. In the, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit and fill all of our hearts with the power of your love that we may be created and you may renew the face of the earth. We ask that you may always renew in us the gift of the Holy Spirit poured upon us in our baptism, sealed in our hearts on the day of our confirmation. We may always live as your witnesses um, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The name, titles, and symbols of the Holy Spirit, which is paragraphs 691 to 701. 691 to 701. So where are we at in the catechism? Well, we're going to be in the section on the Holy Spirit. So, you know, mm-hmm. the part in the catechism, the first part goes through the creed. Mm-hmm. So the creed, I believe, in mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're at. Great. Uh, the second section about the Holy Spirit, the first section uh, bas- basically talks about the mission of the Holy Spirit and the mission of the Son. So they have a similar mission, the Son and the Spirit, coming to basically bring everything back to the Father, mm-hmm. all of us, all mm-hmm. of creation. So, Okay. So the proper name of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the proper name of the one whom we adore and glorify with the Father and the Son. The church has received this name from the Lord and profess it in the baptism of her new children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word spirit, as it mentions, mm-hmm. is a translation of the Hebrew word ruach. Yes. Yeah. Ruach, like breath mm-hmm. or air or wind. Mm-hmm. And you, we first see that word ruach in the... Uh, in the Old Testament, as the 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 wind of the water, the breath that hovers over the waters at the very first verses of the book of Genesis. Mm. So that's even from the so from the dawn of creation, the Holy Spirit is present in creation in this breath, this wind, this ruach. Mm. I don't know Hebrew, but that's really beautiful. Yeah. I think you're nailing it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know I, any different, yeah. but it sounds like you know what you're My doing. Hebrew is as good as your German. Which is their good, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. Yeah. I rebuke that. It's <laughs> terrible. No, that's accurate. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Great. I now is a good as time as any to put a, a shout out to the good people at Ruha Wood Psychological Services. That's right. Yeah, or the Royal Woods Theology Theology of the Body Center down in Cincinnati. Right. So right. Um, this is where they need, get their name. Yeah, this is where they get their name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the mm-hmm. breath that renews. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check them out. Good people doing great work. Mm-hmm. The titles of the Holy Spirit. So there's all sorts of titles that uh, the Holy of the Holy Spirit, which get used in uh, by the words of Jesus. So that a lot of that is at the uh, the Last Supper discourse in John's Gospel. But then also we've got some proper names in the Acts of the Apostles, and finally Saint Paul uses all sorts of names for the Holy Spirit. So the Paraclete, which is uh, or the 
the one who's called or the advocate. Those two kind of get used interchangeably in that Last Supper discourse. And Jesus even calls uh, the, the consoler, mm-hmm. the paraclete, yep. And the spirit of truth, that also comes up in the gospel according to John. Mm-hmm. Those St. Paul titles you mentioned, the spirit of the promise, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of Christ, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of God, and in St. Peter, the spirit of glory. Spirit of glory. Mm. Nice word, Pedro. Great. Then we go into the last section, which is the symbols of the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit. Some of these will probably be really common, right? Common ones that we use. Other ones will be like, huh, never thought of it that way. Um, First is water, then anointing, fire, cloud, and light. The seal, the hand, the finger, the dove. So there's a paragraph for each one of those. Mm-hmm. Is that your favorite, the finger? The Digitus Day, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get to it. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. I, how do you pick a favorite? Though? I know, I don't know. I don't know. So, so water is, uh, Jesus talks about the waters of li- the life-giving waters in uh, chapter 5, I think, of John's gospel. Let me check that. It might be in here. It's 27. Mm, I don't know exactly. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Anyways, so the Holy Spirit is this water, right? To be born again of water and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is active in baptism. So the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit, we're born again of water and the Spirit in baptism. Mm-hmm. So we're given birth into this divine life at baptism and given birth into the Holy Spirit also at our baptism. Mm-hmm. So Thus the Spirit is also personally the living water welling up from Christ crucified as its source and welling up in us. To that's, eternal life. That's what I was looking for. That's John 4, not mm-hmm. 5. My mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So the Holy Spirit is imaged in water, right? Yep. The waters of life, the waters of rebirth, action of the Holy Spirit. And then in paragraph 695, the next symbol mentioned is anointing. The symbolism of anointing with oil also signifies the Holy Spirit to the point of becoming a synonym for the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Um, there were several anointed ones of the Lord in the Old Covenant, preeminently King David, but Jesus is God's anointed in a unique way. The humanity of Son of the Son assumed was entirely anointed by the Holy Spirit. We get a sign of this in the baptism. So in the baptism in the Jordan, the Holy Spirit descends upon the upon Jesus as this anointing as the Messiah, as the one who's going to save the people, that he's going to lead them into the promised land mm. of eternity, right? Just as in the Jor- the um, Joshua led the people over the Jordan River as to lead them into the promised land in the book of Joshua, Jesus is anointed in the River Jordan as the one who's going to lead us mm. into the into the eternal holy. Holy Land, mm. Promised Land. Mm. So Jesus is truly the Anointed One, right? He possesses the Holy Spirit in its fullness, and that's the anointing that fills him from the very moment of his conception. Because mm. the Holy Spirit, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is present in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So he always is filled with the Holy Spirit, mm. and then it's like sealed and sends him out on mission mm. um, after his baptism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so the water, anointing, anointing, and then we move to fire. While water signifies birth and the fruitfulness of life given in the Holy Spirit, fire symbolizes the transforming energy of the Holy Spirit's actions. The prayer of the prophet Elijah, who arose like fire and whose word burned like a torch, brought down fire from heaven on the sacrifice on Mount Carmel. This event was a figure of the fire of the Holy Spirit who transforms what he touches. Which and then it 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 the next lines about John the Baptist who goes before the Lord in the spirit of the power of the of Elijah, 
he proclaims that he will Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit mm. and with fire. Mm. So John the Baptist is this new Elijah, Elijah who brought down fire upon the sacrifice, and now John the Baptist who proclaims that Jesus is going to transform all mm. through the Holy Spirit and fire. Mm. So just this beautiful biblical imagery about the Holy Spirit being this image of fire that transforms, right? Fire that changes, fire that invigorates, mm. just as it did Elijah and John the Baptist. Mm. But we're not done yet with fire Mm-mm. because it's ultimately fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, right? The day of Pentecost where f- the f- tongues of fire come upon the apostles, forever transforming them, right? Because they're mm. in the upper room after Jesus ascends into heaven. They're there for nine or 10 days-ish, mm. nine or 10. Yeah. And, uh, and they're there praying and they're scared. They're still in that upper room. They're locked. They're afraid. And then the Holy Spirit descends upon them. And then their lives are forever changed, right? Mm-hmm. Their lives are forever to go out like gangbusters, mm-hmm. alive with the Holy Spirit to transform the whole world. Mm-hmm. So um, fills them with mm-hmm. himself. He's filled. They're filled with the um, the Holy Spirit themselves. Have you ever have you ever heard of uh, John of the Cross's imagery with like the fire and this transforming aspect of the and fire? the log and the log? I have. Yeah, like we we're, we're like a log. He uses that analogy like like we're like a log, and then you know the fire, the Holy Spirit is transforming us. And the first thing before the log can catch fire, it has to be dried out. You know, mm-hmm. you have to dry that log out. So it's hissing and crackling and dried out. Right. And eventually, it's catching fire, and then eventually it burns down so much that it becomes the fire itself, right? Mm. Like we've grown in our union, our likeness with Christ, but it's transforming. And then so much that it burns into like, into this, this, this fiery coal that then can set other things on fire. It's just really beautiful. Yeah. Think about next time you're sitting around a campfire. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Something about while you're cooking that s'more. Right. That transforming aspect of the fire of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Okay. All right, and then we get into the symbol of cloud and light, cloud and light. These two images occur together in the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. In the theophanies of the Old Testament, the cloud now obscure, now luminous, reveals the living and saving God while veiling the transcendence of his glory with Moses on Mount Sinai at the tent of meeting and during the wandering in the desert and with Solomon at the dedication of the temple. So it's interesting the cloud at one in, in light go together because mm-hmm. the light reveals the the cloud obscures and that's what God does for us right in some sense everything is revealed and yet we don't know everything right mm-hmm. life we live in in some ways obscurity right God is a mystery to us we can never fully comprehend the Lord and so the Holy Spirit's imaged as sometimes revealing and sometimes showing us just how obscure and how mysterious the Lord is mm-hmm. so there's kind of like mm-hmm tension, right, of light and cloud. Mm -hmm. In the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit, Christ fulfills Mm -hmm. these figures. The Spirit comes upon the Virgin Mary and overshadows her, just as the cloud overshadows, so that she might conceive and give birth to Jesus. And then on the mountain of the transfiguration, the Spirit in the cloud came and overshadowed Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Moses, and Elijah, Peter, James, and John, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, my chosen Listen to him. Finally, the cloud took Jesus out of sight as the disciples of the disciples on the day of his ascension and will reveal him as a son of man in glory on the day of his final coming. Mm -hmm. So that, um, yeah, chapter one of the Acts of the Apostles, the Lord is taken up in the ascension in the cloud. Again, right? Mm -hmm. Mysterious. Again, obscuring, right? Where did Jesus go? And we don't have, you know, he's not sitting next to us like he was for Peter, James, and John, and all Mm -hmm. the other disciples to know. So there's this obscureness in the ascension. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And he'll come in the same way. Riding upon the clouds, though, mm. that's going to be a sight. Mm-hmm. Truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we're going to talk more about that in our next episode, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. In our final days. Yes. Um, okay. So then we go into the symbol of the seal. The seal is, we talk by in- the way... <laughs> Are you going to ask about the animal? Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're going to say? Yeah, yeah. It's funny that immediately I thought, hold on, he's going to ask me if this is an animal. <laughs> right, it's right. Not, oh, not so this, if I like threw a ball to you, yeah, not those Holy kind Spirit of seals, would bop it back on its nose. Those kind of seals you watch getting eaten by big orca whales or whatever. <sighs> I do whatever love, that. yeah, yeah, I do. Is that truth? As you said, were you saying that the other day? Yeah, yeah. I, I have seen a number of videos mm-hmm. of orcas taking down seals. Yeah. Actually, I've seen it once in person, too. I and actually think you mentioned that on an episode once. You yeah. were talking vacation memories. And yeah, I when I was in up. Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went on a whale watching, mm-hmm. and this pack of orcas hunted down. They are something else. Mm-mm. And then they, yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So anyway, that not that seal. Not that seal. Not that seal. What sort of seal? <laughs> the seal is a symbol close to that of anointing. The Father has set his seal on Christ and also seals us in him because the seal indicates the indelible effect of the anointing of the Holy Spirit in the sacraments of baptism, confirmation, and holy orders. The image of the seal has been used in some theological traditions to express the indelible character imprinted by these three unrepeatable sacraments. Right. So the the seal has this image of like kind of closing things off, right? Mm-hmm. Of kind of of almost like um like cauterizing a wound, right? So that nothing mm-hmm. nothing can get in, nothing can get out, right? You think about sealing an envelope, you seal an envelope so that nothing can get in, nothing can get out mm-hmm. of the envelope. And then sometimes, you know, you you drip wax wax on an envelope and then stamp a seal on it, and that seal shows who you belong to. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit shows us who we belong to in God and even in confirmation, you know, what the bishop says when he confirms somebody, he says, you know, whatever their name is, Thomas, be sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so this Holy Spirit seals things in for us, right? Kind of completes things, makes sure nothing can affect it, and it's there permanently. And that's what we're talking about, the indelible uh, action, the indelible character of some sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. Confirmation, baptism, holy orders, never can be undone, right? Mm-hmm. That seal is always present mm-hmm. on our lives. They keep thinking of the psalm. Set me as a seal upon your heart. Isn't that the psalm? I believe that's the song of songs. Oh, song of songs. Yeah. I wonder why that keeps coming to mind. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Beautiful. Um, The hand is the next symbol. Jesus Mm. heals the sick and blesses little children by laying hands on them. In his name, the apostles will do the same. Even more pointedly, it is by the apostles' imposition of hands that the Holy Spirit is given. The letter to the Hebrews lists the imposition of hands among the fundamental elements of its teaching. The church has kept this sign of the all-powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit in its sacramental epiclesis. Right. Mm-hmm. So the hands mm-hmm. are one of the ways the Holy Spirit imparted. Mm-hmm. So in confirmation, you know, the bishop will lay hands on all the indivi- all those to be confirmed, not one by one, but just as a big group like that. Mm-hmm. You notice that consecration we went to, there was no laying on of the hands on Ashley's head. He prayed over her, bless her, to consecrate her, but there was no imposition of the hands. Mm-hmm. So there's no power of the Holy Spirit being given like there is sacramentally. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Imposition of the hands. Mm-hmm. When we talked r- recently about the anointing of the sick, mm-hmm. that'd be a sacrament where you lay hands on. Those. You do, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, can you remind us about the epiclesis during the the liturgy? Oh yeah, that's the laying on the hands, the epiclesis. We call down the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. on the bread and wine, so that 
Christ may be present, just mm-hmm. as, and look, it's an overshadowing a- action of mm-hmm. overshadowing, just as the Holy Spirit overshadowed the Blessed Virgin Mary to make Jesus present in her womb. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit overshadows the uh, the bread and wine to make Jesus present on the altar. Mm-hmm. So it's like a physical symbol of overshadowing. Mm-hmm. And in our parishes, you'll hear a bell being rung once right, when that's right. happening during the apocalypse. Right. Right. Forever rebuting, it's a wonderful life. It's not an angel getting a wing, oh, okay. but our Lord Jesus Christ showing up. Right, right. That one's for you, Dad. Okay. <laughs> my dad loves It's a Wonderful Life. We used to have to watch it every year growing up. So <sighs> So did my husband. He grew up watching that. It's his favorite Christmas movie. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. You know, this... It's going to be a side Uh-oh. side show. I can tell it's coming. Um, however, you know, like really uh, Christmas movies, there's always a conversion aspect to it, mm-hmm. right? You think about It's a Wonderful Life, George Bailey goes through a conversion. Mm-hmm. Elf, uh, what's his name, Walter? Walter. Walter, Walter Hobbs, Hobbs goes yeah. through a conversion. He sure does. A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge mm-hmm. goes through a conversion, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know that, that pattern of why why that is the Christmas miracle is conversion, mm. but it's kind of delightful. It's super delightful. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't that be the case? You know, the Lord Jesus comes, is born to save us sure. all, changes everything from that point on. I I, I know. I yeah, mean, but it's, it's just beautiful. like even it's captured in mm-hmm. um, secular cinema, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because it's the truth, and the truth speaks to our hearts. Right. <laughs> so Fair enough. Yeah, right, right. Cool. Okay, and then remind me to tell you a story about a Christmas conversion. It's too long for this, but oh, just dang. remind me. Okay. Yeah. Dang. Sorry, listeners. Yeah. Okay. So then, uh, paragraph seven hundred talks about the symbol of the finger. It is by the finger of God that Jesus cast out demons. If God's law was written on tablets of stone by the finger of God, then the letter from Christ entrusted to the care of the apostles is written with the spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Yeah. So you, I mean, it's so beautifully depicted in. Um, in the um, the Sistine Chapel mm, ceiling, mm-hmm. with the finger of God reaching out to mm. to Adam mm-hmm. to give him life, mm-hmm. and then we hear about the finger of God, uh, you know, writing upon the the stone tablets, and then Jesus talks about casting out demons with the mm-hmm. finger of God, mm-hmm. right? I could cast these out with my finger, and one shows just mm-hmm. the power because like one finger can't do a whole lot, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it can do some things, but not mm-hmm. a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but it shows the power of God, but also his way to ingrate, you know, like you think about like in the sand, writing with your mm. finger and what the Lord can do with his finger in the stone mm. and even in the flesh of our hearts. Mm. And then, it, you know, the, mm. the last, the last, um, the last sentence here talks about the ancient hymn, the Veni Creator Spiritus, which refers to the Digitus Dei, mm. which, you know, digit, just like our finger being mm-hmm. a digit, Digitus Dei, the finger of God. Mm. It's just a great line, you know. It's a little digi Tuesday. That is good. Actually, was it on air that I was talking about Father Michael Champagne? No. Okay. So Father Michael Champagne is a great Louisiana priest. Mm-hmm. He's got a great talk on confession mm-hmm. um, that uh, is on YouTube. You can watch it. It's from a men's conference, I think. But he talks about this digi Tuesday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> almost went into like some terrible Louisiana accent. <laughs> but he talks about the Digitus Day, the finger of God in the story of the prodigal son. That's this man's conscience, like waking him up, the the mm. uh, younger son to go home, right? Mm. It's like the Digitus Day begins to work on us, right? The finger mm. of God begins to prod in our hearts mm. to awaken us to come back to the father's house. Mm. So yeah, that finger of God is real pokey. Mm. <laughs> it's pokey. 
in the best of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Respond yeah. to it. Right. Yeah. Not like a sixth grader. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, no offense to any sixth grader that's listening. Right. No, right. right. Absolutely. I was that's me as a sixth grader. I keep getting, I'm getting lost on like the image of the Sistine Chapel and that reality of God and the finger and Adam and then like Eve being under God's mm-hmm. arm, just like waiting that greatest gift, you know, to yeah. him giving, giving her to Adam anyway. But beautiful art. <laughs> yes. Okay. Jeez. All right. And then lastly, the last symbol, the dove. At the end of the flood, whose symbol refers to baptism, a dove released by Noah returns with a fresh olive tree branch in its beak as a sign that the earth was again habitable. Habitable. Did I say that right? That sounds really funny. Habitable. 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 There you go. That's That sounds better. When Christ comes up from the water of his baptism, the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove comes down upon him and remains with him. The Spirit comes down and remains in the purified hearts of the baptized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, well, and this gets fulfilled in Pentecost, right? The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. comes down mm-hmm. as a dove. It comes down upon a, as in the image of a dove upon Jesus at the, uh, at the baptism of the Jordan. So the dove's always... A, is regularly a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So just a refresher on the the symbols: water, anointing, fire, cloud, and light. The seal, not the animal. Nah. <laughs> the seal, the hand, the finger, the dove. Yeah. Symbols of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I actually I was at uh, I was at a nursing home. No, I was at a, a funeral home. This was years ago, and I noticed the funeral home's logo has a dove with uh, with a little branch in it. Mm. I said, "Oh my gosh, you got that's some great like after the flood, after the storms of death, there comes peace." That uh, like that, what a great image for a funeral home! Mm. If like you know, after the waters recede, that the Lord's presence comes, and mm. um, the funeral director was like, "Yeah, we didn't think that much about it, but um, <laughs> I still thought it was pretty cool." Yeah. It's like when you choose a confirmation saint, you're like, I don't know, but it's really ends up being yeah, like mind boggling. Right. Yeah. Perfect saint. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. Good. Well, anything else with that? Names, titles, and symbols of the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think that's that's uh, that's the names, the titles, and the symbols. <laughs> Of the Holy Spirit. Of the Holy well, Spirit. Well, we already threw the dart. So we did. So next that. week we're going to be at ten thirty-eight to ten fifty. We actually we're gonna we're gonna stick around here for a little bit and record a, another podcast. So um, that's going to be about hope and the last judgment. Mm-hmm. Hope. All right, Maybe, and then would you say a new hope? A new oh, right. <sighs> a new hope. That's Just, a Star Wars reference. Grace, did you get that? I figured it was. She figured it was. It sounded Star Wars-y. Wow. Nice. Your brother would be proud. <laughs> uh, okay. And we'll end with John chapter 14, verses 25 through 31. I have told you this while I am with you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, that the Father will send in my name, he will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. You heard me tell you I am going away and I will come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it happens, so that when it happens, you may believe. I will no longer speak much with you, for the ruler of the world is coming. He has no power over me. But the world must know that I love the Father and that I do just as the Father has commanded me. Get up, let us go.